Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? We got a special one for you. We always love having guests here on The Animal Files, and we are talking to Brandon Wainwright, author of the book Tyson's Gift that was released just this past year. And we are going to talk about Brandon and Tyson's journey together. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Miranda, and let's get this ball going. (laughs) Well, let's first just introduce who Brandon Wainwright actually is. So Brandon is a police officer, a Reiki practitioner, and obviously an author as well. As a police officer, Brandon has seen a lot in his 10 years on the force, but nothing so strange or life-changing as the spiritual awakening he experienced when his dog, a precocious chihuahua named Tyson, passed away, and then began communicating from the other side. Once a hard-nosed skeptic, Brandon found himself thrust into unfamiliar territory consulting with spiritual intuitives and pet communicators in an effort to uncover the truth about the afterlife embarking upon an incredible journey that would shake his perception of reality and challenge his beliefs about what happens to us after we die. So that's definitely a very provoking topic. I don't know how many people think about those things. But you certainly have an interesting combination, being a police officer, a Reiki practitioner, and then all of these experiences that you've had on your journey. Yeah, I've definitely had an eclectic background. (laughs) (laughs) Although I have to say at this point, I I just um, stopped being a police officer just a couple, just a couple, a few weeks ago. So I'm uh, I'm not saying it can't, I won't end up in back in it again at some point, but for now I'm not, I'm no longer doing that because we moved, we moved from the San Francisco Bay area to Florida. So yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess it just goes to show that you can have this merging of the spiritual and the practical and the science and all of that together. Absolutely. And you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other. A lot of people just think of the spiritual side as just being this completely woo-woo, strange, completely ununderstandable Mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. The more, you know, the more I've, I've, the more spiritual I've become, the more, you know, time I've spent contemplating it, the more I've interacted with other people that are in the woo-woo world, Um, the more Reiki I've done, the more classes I've taken, the more I've realized and integrated into my own existence, the reality that, that we are in fact, in a, in a spiritual realm of our own, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people like to think of, you know, the spirit world is, is separate, but the reality is that there's different dimensions and we're just part, we're part of, you know, the third dimension. And so mm-hmm. when she starts to, once you start to realize that it's all part of one, it's, we're all connected. We are, we are one, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that, that encompasses, all different backgrounds, you know, um, professions, uh, lifestyles, you name it, we're all, we're all intermixed and that's spiritually, practically, you know, you name it. And it's, uh, so the more you, I think the more you delve into it, the more you, 
the more that that whole concept kind of goes out the window. It's actually very comforting. Mm. That's how I've, I've, I've found it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It goes to that, that saying, you know, we are really just spiritual beings having human experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I'm like, we're all connected. We're all made of the same stuff. And we're just trying to navigate this 3D world the best we can. And that goes for our animals too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, a lot of people, you know, it's, it's our, it's our nature to want to categorize people and things and stereotype. And I mean, it, no matter how, how much you try not to do that, it's, it's kind of, it's innate in us, I think it's a survival mechanism. Um, but the reality is that we all have the same vulnerabilities, tendencies, mm-hmm. you know, it just depends on what, what things you occupy yourself with that end up putting a, kind of a microscope on certain traits, mm-hmm. you know, and, and emphasizing certain human traits that, that you're forced to pull. Like for, for example, a police officer has to be on defense all the time and be suspicious by nature because that's because you're, you're, you're looking for crime. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that that's all that person is. That's, that's mm-hmm. just a role that they're playing in, in our world. You know, at the same time, you know, you could have, uh, you know, an artist that's completely wrapped up in, in the more right brain side of things you know, and, and not thinking about those, those other things at all. Well, you take that same person and put them in a, in a life or death situation and they're going to be forced to, to act just like a cop would, mm-hmm. you know, it just depends on what role we play. And we all have those intermixing things. I think it's, it's sad and really tragic. I think in, in our society today, what, you know, you see all the division and, and hate coming from all different sides. Sure. And, and the reality is that we're all, the reality is we're hating ourselves because we're all, we are one. Well, it's really I mean, our reflections. You know, yeah, yeah, we're all mirrors for each other. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, it's, uh, yeah, hopefully we get all, we get through this and, and come out of the other side sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm starting to learn and become more aware that, you know, when I make a judgment of somebody, whether it's just in my head or not, or feel critical or whatever that might be, or feel triggered by somebody, I'm starting to become more aware of when that's happening. Mm. And it's, I think it's causing it to decrease, mm-hmm. you know, because the more aware of it that you are, I think the less you feel the need to do it. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you're also, it's, it's coming from a place of, I mean, speaking, cause I'm, I'm kind of, you know, as when my spiritual journey and my growth that I describe in the book, it's, you know, I've, I've had the same thing happen to me and it's, it's coming from a place of love. You know, you're trying to be a better person. You're trying to be fair and see your fellow man from a much more fair perspective and, you know, and honest and, and, and you kind of, you have to, in order to do that, you have to evaluate yourself honestly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's right. You know, and so yeah, I think I and I think that comes with age, and it comes with um, you know uh, different traumas that we all go through in life, and and being humbled and realize that life. The older, yeah, you know, they say that that you know the older you get, the more you realize you don't know anything, you know, <laughs> and that's be, and, and that's because you keep growing, and you mm-hmm. and you realize that the reality is that. That's the, that's the conclusion I've come to is that you're never going to have all the answers. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to just be patient with yourself and others, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so I, I completely get what you're saying. Yeah. I think the three words that 
I try to embrace and that I think everybody could benefit from trying to embrace is compassion, understanding, and forgiveness. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially when we're dealing with animals, you know, and, and other people, obviously. But, you know, the more we are aware of how, you know, we are and how we're moving through our world and reacting and responding to the stimulus around us, the more we can see, oh, wait, maybe if I did it this way, I would get this result instead of doing it this way and getting the same result I've always gotten. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes with animals. You know, when you have an animal that may be having behavior issues, and if you've listened to our podcast, folks, you know that most animal issues come from us humans, but (laughs) that's neither here nor there. But the more we pay attention to how we relate to other beings on this planet, the more we can be more connected and communicate on levels that our, you know, common brains don't realize are there most of the time. I think, you know, just look, commenting on, on, you know, when it comes to animals, the, the beauty of animals is that they, you know, just speaking of my experience with Tyson and other animals that I've had, you know, and since Tyson, you know, their, their innocence, their, um, their pure, they're, they're, they have no ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I really, I really shouldn't say that. <laughs> so, they, 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 but they're straightforward, you know, they're straight, they're straightforward. Very straightforward. And, 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 and they're, but they're pure and their, their love is pure and, and your love for them is pure. And, it, and it, it, you, the relationship you have with them allows you to take, let your guard down, become completely vulnerable and allow the love that flows out of you come in the purest form. And, and in doing so, you, you tap into the parts of yourself, the deepest parts of yourself that are, that are the best parts of yourself. And when you do that, you're able to, to pull those things in and also direct them towards your fellow human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when you do that, your fellow human generally, I mean, you know, this is a generalization, of course, but they generally will, will mirror that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? So it makes your relationships with other people better and it helps you. It enriches you and, you know, on levels that you never would think possible, I think. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So Miranda has a few questions that we both are quite interested in. Our listeners really want to get to know what Brandon is all about and what his story is all about. First of all, why don't you give us a brief synopsis of what... Tyson's gift is all about. Best way to describe the book is it's it's like a it's it's written in a similar fashion to Marley and me. I always use that as an example because it's so popular. But you know, it's um it's written from my point of view. It's sorry about my dog that came into to my wife, the life of my me and my wife when uh right before we got engaged back in 2005. And uh it just it 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 chronicles his life with us until his passing, which took place in 2018. And it talks about, I mean, the, the dog, he was my soulmate. Okay. He was my brother, my, my, my mentor, my little, my little guardian. I mean, he, he was an amazing soul and um, he helps open my heart in ways I never thought possible. Um, he helped me heal from things that happened prior to his coming into my life, family things, other animal issues that I had, um, things that had happened as a child involving animals. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, he, he he facilitated a growth 
in me and a, and a cohesion, a cohesion in our family that you couldn't have predicted. And the love that, that we, that I had for this animal and my wife too, and my daughter, it was a level that it was like the, the level that you always hoped for. He was, he was that, that pet friend that, that you hope that, that hopefully everybody gets to experience at least once in their life, you know? And I cherished every day with him, every moment with him, literally, I, I made a conscious effort to appreciate it because I knew it was finite. So when he passed away, it was, um, it was, it was really, really difficult as I knew it would be. But what I didn't predict was that it was going to cause a spiritual awakening in me mm -hmm. and which is what it did. Uh, I had been, you know, I was, I was what I would consider an agnostic and I, I had tried several religions on over the years prior to that and, and had come to the conclusion that religion wasn't for me. It never was going to be for me. And I tried it. And, um, you know, to the point where I was even, I, I was engaged to a, a woman who was very religious and we ended up breaking up because I just couldn't convert to her religion. Um, so I, I was, I was definitely not one to just jump into something because, you know, I had to have true belief and I had determined that, that I believed in, in God. I believed in, in something bigger. I didn't know what that was. I didn't think I ever would know what that was. And I was good with that. I, I made peace with it. Like I really struggled with it for a long time. I felt like there was something wrong with me because I wasn't able to, to figure that out and make, make that a part of my being, mm -hmm. particularly with when I, when I lost the, the girl I was engaged to, that really caused, caused me a lot of turmoil. So when Tyson passed away, though, you know, I, I had had a number of, of course, I was at the time I was 40, I guess, five, 45 years old. And so obviously I'd lost my fair share of loved ones over the years, friends, family, even other animals. And I had always just kind of rolled with it and taken it as, well, this is part of life. This is just the process. But when Tyson passed away, he was, you know, again, he was, he was like a, a brother, a child. Uh, you know, he was my, he was my baby. You know, and, and I couldn't just make peace with him being gone. I thought I would be able to. I thought I would just, the logical side of me would be able to just accept it and move on. But I, f I realized within a fairly short period of time that I was, as I grieved him, that I was really struggling with, with his, his existence. And, I, and it was hard for me to fathom the idea that, that this beautiful soul could just no longer exist or, or that he would just end up being some energy somewhere that wasn't conscious. Mm. It was, it was hard for me to even to accept. It was hard for me to, to just process it. And I found myself searching mm -hmm. and, and long story short, I, I ended up finding in no uncertain terms that, that he did live on and that he was still right there with me and that I could actually communicate with him still. And that changed my entire um, paradigm of what the world was, what the universe was, what existence was. And it really, it just launched me onto a whole new um, spiritual path that, that I've continued on. And it's been incredible. So, um, you know, I wrote the book partly to entertain because I think Tyson was a pretty unique character. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, he was, he was an amazing guy, a very powerful soul and, uh, and funny. And I think I so read the book partly was to entertain readers and to, to honor his memory but it was also written with the intent of helping other people that might be going through a similar process, it, either, um, you know, a grief process of their own or possibly, uh, you know, just their, uh, an existential crisis, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, about well, what, what, what is, what's out there. 
you know, to, just to, to, to have somebody go on, on my journey with, you know, with me to see how an ordinary, another ordinary person ends up, you know, finding peace that that was the intent behind the book. So I'm hoping, and I, you know, it's the people I've gotten some very, very positive feedback from it. And I know it's helping people. So, you know, it's, it's doing its, it's work Mm -hmm. slowly, but surely. Hopefully our listeners will pick up the book and read it and you can help more people. Cause you know, the one, it's one of the cornerstones of what I do in my business and in my life that death in general can be extremely beautiful. And as someone who has helped many animals transition out of this world into their next, I have found so much beauty in that whole process. And it helps me understand animals a little bit better and my own spirituality, just like you had mentioned, where it just, it opens up this door to the questions. It opens up the door to what lies beyond. And I think that instigates a lot of healing within us. And if we're able to look at that soul, like you were able to do with Tyson, to just see that soul for what it truly was, a soulmate, a brother, you know, a son, whatever, whatever identity you want to give to a beloved animal, it just allow it. I don't know. I, I, I'm losing the words because there's really no words to express it, but it just, it is such a beautiful thing if you allow it to be. And there's so much yeah. growth involved. And I think from what I have heard from your story that you, you noticed that and you noticed that in a big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, you know, it forces you to, I mean, if you're like, I have, my, I have a cousin, you know, and I kind of feel bad for him because he, he, he lost his dog about a week ago and he, the way he's processed it is he's, he's just not processing. Mm-hmm. He's trying his best not to think about him, about his little dog. It was a little, uh, a Yorkshire, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. terrier, um, the cutest little guy, but he, instead of he's just not thinking about him which which to me I've I've never processed things that way but it really it cheats you because you know part of the grieving process is pain obviously because your the loss is tremendous you know and your heart aches but at the same time you're you're looking at that soul and and processing the whole thing in in the purest form mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're you're seeing you're seeing them for their, for their essence, for the, for everything that they represented for the, for all the good in them, you know, whether they be an animal or, or human or whatever, you know, it's, it, um, and it does it, it, that's where the, I think that's where the beauty comes in, comes in because you're, you're not distracted by, you know, the mundane you know, realities of everyday human life mm. i mean you're not there's no survival there it's just pure love that you're looking at them with mm. you know and i'm sure that you know there's also anger and sadness and and all, all the other things but mostly i think if you're being if you're looking at it with an open heart which is where the beauty comes from yeah. you, you're you're processing pure love and, and that that is incredible the, the what it does for you what, the way it enriches you the way it opens up your soul totally. and makes your whole existence more rich but it does take some courage <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's it, it is easier just to just to you know power through and, yeah. and not think about these things but i i just i don't see the point in that you know i i, I that's not what that's not what you're here for 
you're, you're, you're here to, to, to live life and with all of its challenges, but still maintain a consciousness of, of those things that really matter, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent, but I, I got to tell you though, I'm not looking forward to going through it again with our current dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean it's any easier, you know, it doesn't mean, no, just because you've gone through, it doesn't make it any easier. In fact, yeah. it's, you know, but I, but I think it does, at least you have a perspective mm. that um, is more, more healthy, more realistic, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And every animal gives you a deeper, uh, a more deeper, deeper understanding. <laughs> I have a problem with words every once in a while. You'll probably find that out. Oh, I mean, um, so do I. <laughs> but I think, I think with every time we allow an animal to come into our lives and that animal, because their lives are shorter, must leave our existence, we get a deeper understanding of who we are and of what could be. And I think not only do is it all about love, but it's about faith. It's about hope. It's about what could be, what is, what will be, you know, all of those questions. And like you said, do it with an open heart. And those questions will fulfill you instead of make you feel depleted. Yeah, I Absolutely. Well, and that, you know, it, it really, what it comes down to is, you know, and I'm saying just love, if you're motivated by love, you know, that, that does pull you through, it pulls mm-hmm. you through everything, right? Like for example, writing the book, it was, it was hard. It was scary for me writing that book, but, but you know, what, 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 because I had never written a book before I'd written movie scripts. I'd written lots of papers, lots of police reports, things like that, but I'd never written a book and I'd never, you know, filleted my heart on paper like that for everybody to read. And, you know, am I going to do it justice? Is it, but what, what ultimately drove me and, and kept me moving forward and having the courage to do it was love. Mm, yeah. It was, it, you know, it was love for Tyson. It was love for, for the people that might you know, that might benefit mm-hmm. from the book. Yeah. It's, that's just an example. You know, if you, regardless of what you're doing in life, if you let love be your, your motivation, you'll find that it's easier and the outcome is generally better, you know, not ego. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times ego, ego, you can mistake ego for love, mm-hmm. but, 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 but love. <laughs> Absolutely. So, ego's, uh, yeah, the, it, with all the changes that we've been going through, we've come across lots of egos, and it's like trying to keep that in, in perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, so and you, it's so, hard. Yes. <laughs> so, so you navigate through, and you know, stay yeah. on the right path. Mm-hmm. Not your ego, so other people's egos, and you know. Yeah. yeah well, we're human. We we come with egos, and it's how That's we navigate it. that ego. So yeah. Yeah. The ego. The ego isn't evil. It's just something that needs to be. Yeah. It's it's like a you young know, child yeah. that it wants constant attention and doesn't want to be ignored. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly. it. <laughs> and it's there to keep us safe. And uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a necessary part of our human experience. But uh, it can't go running rampant through the world yeah. if we allow if it. You, if you allow the balance to to fall out of place, that you know, it's a you know, you see and you see people all the time like in, in society that are you know very successful and powerful and but their egos are way out of balance oh, yeah. and you know they're and, and they're not they're not happy necessarily they're just but they're you know they're, i think sometimes they're, it's what they know mm-hmm. you know if they yeah. were raised in that and that's all they knew when they were growing up then it's just their natural way and hopefully at some point 
they have an experience like you had and like I've had and like Miranda's had that opens the door to be like, well, wait a minute, this isn't working for a hundred percent for me. So where, what should I, mm. what should I shift? What should, what, what's going to make my life better? What's going to make me better. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we get to that point, yeah. but it takes a stimulus like the death of a loved one, either human or animal to, to really, I don't know, to kind of push us, give us a little shove in the butt. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the most growth comes from the most difficult experiences mm-hmm. usually right and that <laughs> it just seems to be the way we yeah. humans have to learn it's like we can't learn things simply we have to do it the difficult way <laughs> no no exactly i was thinking you know you think about like I, I i'm so thankful for my failures because you know there was things that if, if i had just been if, if things had gone the way i originally wanted them to and everything just flowed into place i you know i wouldn't have learned because i would have been focused on external things and you know, mm-hmm. that you, know, you never, never would have searched within to, to find peace. Yeah. And, you know, so I, sometimes I look at people that are ultra successful, especially athletes and things like that. It's like, man, it's great, but you know, I kind of feel sorry for you actually. There's this whole, these dimensions to your existence that have not been filled and you're in, and, and it's, you know, it's glaring that there's, there's an imbalance there. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, So when I read the book, I got the impression that Tyson taught you a great deal. Mm, Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What would be some of the things that you feel like he taught you that you learned from him? Well, I mean, he taught, I would say that that, that, that what he did the most was that he, because, you know, as far as teaching was concerned, I mean, he was not your model doggy. I mean, he was like, you know, he, he was very, I mean, he was very smart and he had a very rich soul, but he was also very stubborn, very, um, we called him the asshole of love because he was, you know, he, 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 he was a lover, but he was also very selfish at times. And, you know, he did what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. And he was, he was crazy sensitive, but in order to have a closeness with him, you know, which I, we connected on a soul level and I did very much desire to have a closeness with him. I had to open my heart up so much in order to, to connect with him. And I had, I had to be willing to, you know, be just patient and vulnerable and, and just basically let my heart just pour out to him. And he reminded me, I would say, if anything, he, he taught me, but he taught me in the sense that he reminded me of who I really was mm-hmm. He helped me get in touch with parts of myself that I had, that I had, you know, kind of put a shield over from a, a, you know, from a fairly early age as we all do, Mm -hmm. but he helped me open that up and and reconnect with it. And it, it just, it made my life richer. It made, it made my relationships richer. It, It made my perspective on spirituality richer. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have at the time thought, in fact, you know, like my wife, my wife was, was raised in a, in a church and she, she didn't expect me to be a part of it though, but which was nice. Otherwise we, we wouldn't have been able to, to get married. Um, but she, I, I couldn't, I, I had trouble getting motivated to, to go to church with her because I, I just was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what's there. I don't feel, I feel like there's no point in me being mm-hmm. here. Um, so, you know, in terms of religion, I wasn't connected, but without realizing it, I was spiritually connected and, and Tyson helped me be, 
help me with that because because I without even thinking about it consciously I was contemplating existence contemplating souls spirit throughout his whole life because I was connecting with him like mm. that you know it wasn't just a matter of enjoying this little furball it was connecting on a soul level but I just didn't wasn't doing it consciously mm -hmm. so I would say I would say in terms of what he taught me he taught me to open my heart and open my soul and and to to find the vulnerable parts in myself that make life worth living mm. and you know and then of course in in his death he he forced me to continue that only on steroids <laughs> you know yeah you know in, in order to make peace but he but the thing is he was there he was there to help facilitate it and you know and he and he helped me to connect with spirit he helped to teach me that that we live on and um, he continues to do that to this day. So it's amazing a, the amount of teaching that a small little animal can give us. Eight I mean, pounds they of love, are, baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing how much we learn from something so small, mm. physical stature, but yet so big at the same time. And uh, of course, my cat decided to join us. So I don't know if she'll be like, jumping on the table or not but that'll make the show a little bit more interesting um but anyway. oh, i hope she does yeah <laughs> she woke up but no it's just amazing i mean i mean i'm a, i have cats so i'm i'm like the token cat lady but the amount of lessons that i have learned from these tiny little creatures supersede anything that i could have gone out and searched researched on my own it's just amazing. They're literally mirrors and they show, they show every aspect of life. And if you really are in that love space, holy crap, the lessons that you learn. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. It's very grounding, very grounding. Absolutely. So I like the cover of your book. So <laughs> Oh, thank you. No. I mean, I, I did hear a little bit about the story, but what's with the Superman costume? Because I truly believe animals are superheroes. I heard on another podcast that he kept showing one of the communicators himself in a Superman costume. Yeah. Yeah. So tell so, us about that. Cause that's so, interesting. So I had a, actually it was, it was a session when I, I did with Sandy Casca, who is got, plays a prominent role. In the you know in the book as far as animal communicators and and um, when we got our current or one of our current dogs Ellie who's a, a golden doodle mini my mom adopted her and then couldn't take care of her and and so I was I contacted Sandy to to try to communicate with with Ellie to see if because we weren't we had weren't looking for we didn't plan on adopting a dog at that point we wanted to find out if it was what Ellie wanted and to make sure it was going to be a good fit well during that session i also con i also communicated with tyson and um which i always did you know any chance i got to talk to tyson i did with with sandy and she early in the session she showed me a, a picture or, or tyson showed her an uh, image of him in a superman costume <laughs> uh, um, an actual like you know marvel superman or i guess it's dc comics um superman costume and what was ironic about that was that Tyson had the Superman costume. Oh wow! So I knew it was, I knew it was it was a validation, if nothing else. He he, the first Halloween that we had him, 
I was at a, a pet store and I saw the Superman costume for a little dog and I was like, oh, he has to have that, you know, <laughs> and, and, and he looked so cute in it. Um, and, and we still had it actually. And so when, when, when she told me that, I was like, oh, wow, that, that's really cool. That's powerful. And then a couple of weeks later, I, I emailed with Sandy uh, after we already had Ellie and she told me that, um, that Tyson, which it was interesting because I had asked her whether or not, you know, animals tended to contact her even when they weren't in session with the owner. And she said, no, generally speaking, it's, you know, it's just when she's in session, which makes sense because the, the communicator has to open themselves up and reach out, you know. Um, but Tyson had been repeatedly contacting her the two weeks after we had had the session and telling her that it was very important that he be in the cover of the, on the cover of the book in a Superman mm. outfit. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, that, that's actually really great. That's a great idea. You know, I mean, it's perfect. And, and so, so I, 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 um, I, I immediately started looking for pictures of him in a Superman outfit. Cause I figured I would just use a picture from, you know, from his life. Well, you know, this was, I got the outfit in 2005 and, you know, he wore it, he didn't wear it that many times over his life. And we never took a picture of him because that was before cell phones were really that advanced. And I couldn't believe that we never took a picture of him in the cell phone. I was so mad at myself. But the more I thought about it, the more it was like, you know, this, if we put him in a Superman outfit, there's going to be trademark mm -hmm. issues and things like that. So the more I thought about it, I thought, well, you know what, let's, let's put him in a, like a, our own superhero outfit with a cape and everything. And, and um, so, yeah, that's how it was, it, it came about. So it's got, if you can see this, uh, see. I love it. It's, I love know, it. it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the purple, the, the purple is, um, is, you know, his connection to spirit because he's a very mm -hmm. powerful spirit. You know, the yellow, the yellow is that it, on the T and the, you know, and on his, his little tr the trim on his, on his chest plate is about you know the solar plexus and and the need to be secure and because that was a big part of who he was but what drove him what gave him power and what made the cape fly behind him was mm. was love so the green the green mm. is the heart chakra nice the cape is the heart chakra that that's that's so i i came up with with the colors for that and and my dad actually just drew drew the little out through the pieces and we you know, we just put them over and, and make copies and, and send it to the photo, into the uh, graphics artist. And, and it came out. I, I couldn't have asked for, for it to come out better. I think it's way better th this way than it ever could have been with an actual Superman <laughs> outfit. You know? Yeah. When I saw the cover for the first time, I'm like, yeah, that suits him. Mm -hmm. That suits yeah. him. <laughs> I, I mean, so, especially the way he's sitting there, that the photograph that was a photo taken by my father-in-law when Tyson was about three and he was just sitting, we lived in the, in the redwoods in California and he was sitting in this spot where the sun was shining through the trees. And, you know, he took, he said, Hey, Tyson, Tyson looked at him and he snapped the picture. And it's just this very you know, majestic you know, image of him. And I always loved that picture, but it was, it was the perfect photo to you know, mm -hmm. put the cape on and stuff so i love it couldn't have been better i love it i love it <laughs> someday i hope i hope something like that ends up on a movie poster <laughs> oh that would be great oh that was so good <laughs> <laughs> so i'm curious do you believe that tyson was aware of his role in your life before you started communicating with him on a spiritual level 
Um, I don't think consciously, mm-hmm. probably. I, I think he felt like a strong, rich connection with, with me and my wife and daughter. You know, I think it, it's probably deeper than a lot, than a lot of dogs, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I mean, not that, I mean, I think all animals feel a special connection with their human, but they're definitely, I, I guess what I'll say is that Tyson was, he, he was, a, he, he is an old soul. There's no question about it. I mean, he, he, he's got a depth and richness to him that, that just speaks old soul. So I would say that, that his, his, his existence was well-informed and sophisticated, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily think he was consciously aware of it. Mm-hmm. But he definitely was once he went into the into spirit. Right. Yeah. There's no. There's no question about that. <laughs> oh yeah, the floodgates open when we pass through that mail. It's like, yeah. Oh, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah, he definitely served his mission. You know, there's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that all pets can help us to heal? Or do you believe that there are certain beings that come to us in animal form to help us heal certain aspects of ourselves? Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) I like that question. (laughs) Yeah, no. Well, I think, you know, I think animals are beings, are are souls that that are are just as important and powerful as, as we are. I don't think, you know, a lot of people want to subjugate animals you know, in the hierarchy of existence. And I, I, I certainly, we all have the roles that we play in. Yeah. In, in, in this dimension, we, we have a higher, I guess, place in the hierarchy, but, but I don't think that nec- that makes us more important right. or powerful mm-hmm. than any other. And, and so, you know, whether it be, whether there, it's an animal that's come into your life to play a role. Uh, I think definitely pets come into our lives to help us. I mean, I think, I think it's the most, you know, when it, when a beloved pet comes in, it's, it's, it's the clearest form of, of a, of a, a spiritual guide that you can have, or, you know, a spiritual helper. And I think, I think humans come in, you know, our, the relationships that we have with our fellow humans also are, you know, we have roles that we play in each other's lives, but definitely animals come in to play roles and, and, and you in their life also, mm. you know, they're, they're not just here to serve. They're here to grow. It's just like we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I think Tyson was certainly, you know, served by us as, as, as we were served by him, but it just, you know, it's, it's to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, for me, Tyson was earth shattering, literally, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then, you know, then there's maybe then there's another dog or, or cat or, or, or parakeet or whatever you might have that, that brings in a, a, their own brand of, of impact. And mm. I think it just, I think it just depends, you know, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes it's short lived too, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to take, you know, so I think, I don't think there's a simple answer to mm-hmm. it. I just think that, that I think that we definitely play important roles in each other's lives mm-hmm. to very Absolutely. I'm in that boat with you, <laughs> especially with it doesn't matter how many years they're with us. I just lost my Frankie after two years and um, it was just it was so short lived, but yet it was so powerful and impactful. And I think that, you know, I served him as we he served me and my husband and my husband served him as well. And and you're right. You, you hit the nail on the head with that. I think we just we doesn't matter whether you're human or animal or bird or whatever. We all play roles in each other's lives. We all have impacts 
on the world around us and the beings around us. Mm-hmm. It could be a small, it could be small or it could be earth shattering like you had with Tyson. Yeah. Of course we, you know, the ones, those, those impacts that, that had leave the, the biggest mark, obviously you put the most focus on those things, but yeah, you know, and a lot of times you never know the impact you're having on other people. They, you know, they probably don't know Absolutely. the impact they're having on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This world is amazing. <laughs> Yeah. I'm filled with wonder every time I hear stories like these. It just really just it just helps to open open us up for more quote unquote downloads from spirit. I mean, it's just think we're all here to grow and learn infinitely because we are all infinite beings. I don't know. I did these experiences. I just, I find them precious. It's really, really, really precious. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just wish you didn't have to hurt so much mm, you know yeah, yeah i know <laughs> i mean i mean you know talk i always i find myself you know you talk about it with such certainty and and it with so much peace but you know it doesn't like i was saying earlier it doesn't change the pain mm-hmm. no you know? so you know but that's that's part of you know that's part of of this existence and but the reality is that we we are one and we live on yep and you know and, and, we, and we stay connected it's just that when you're in that moment when you're suffering that loss, regardless of whether or not, you know, you're going to see this, this person or this being again, and this, you know, the loss is, is what hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, and you can, you can't, and you can't, that's, that's just human. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's, and I don't even think that's human. That's just, that's life. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whether you're human, human or animal or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And some people, some beings, I guess, struggle with uh, the loss much more deeply than others and have a hard time finding their way through. Is there anything that you could say to people who are really struggling with that and let's people who have chosen not to get a pet again because they're so distraught and they, they don't want to take the risk of dealing with that hurt again? Well, I, I, what I would say is one, I understand, you know, and I get it. I get the fear. I get the, I get the, the not wanting to experience that pain again, but, but I would also say that for, well, one, one, like I was saying, we, we live on mm-hmm. You're it's, it's a perspective thing. You know, when you, if you look at it as the end of something and it's never coming back and, and it's, you know, it's, it's so final yeah, that is, that's devastating. And it's, and it's a hard thing to, to process. And, but that, that's not reality though. Mm. And a lot, and I, I, you know, and I'm sure there's people out there that are saying, Oh, whatever, you know, <laughs> well, I'm probably not listening to your show, but definitely. You never know. But, the, but, you know, I mean, the, it's the reality, the reality is even though it's not tangible in the, you know, in the physical sense, the reality is that, that you're still connected to your loved one. You're still that, that animal, that, that soul, you're still connected to them. And, and so if you look at it from that perspective, it's not, it isn't the depressing event that it could be if you're looking at it from that more fatalistic mm. perspective. And so I would say that first of all, and secondly, I, I would say that we as souls on this earth are here to, to fulfill certain missions and experience certain things. And if you are so impacted by, by the love of an animal and the loss of that animal, 
to the point where you're, you're devastated to the point where you don't want to experience it again. Well, that tells me that, that there's a richness there and there's a, there's a, a huge amount of love there that is part of, of who you are and part of what makes life worth living to you, you know? And so what I would say is you're cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself by not bringing another fur baby into your life or feather baby into your life. And not only that, but like I was saying before, you know, they also have missions and experiences that they're trying to fulfill. And by being, by opening yourself up to them, you're allowing them to do what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to mm-hmm. love. Yeah. You're allowing, you're allowing yourself to be inundated with love. It's just, it's just a lot. You know? mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's got a lot of good. It's got a lot of hardness. It's got, if there's, you know, but you're, but what are we here for? Are we here to just to mosey through life and, and, and protect yourself and not, not really experience anything? Mm-hmm. I don't, th- I don't believe that's true. Yeah. I, I believe we're here to, to love and experience things to a, at a deep level. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I, that I, I don't do the same thing to sort of protect myself and, and I have my fears and I avoid things. And, and, you know, so I, it's not, I'm not, I'm not judging here. It's just that I really do believe that, that the way to, the best way to live is to live in love. And, and, but the other thing is what a piece of advice I would say is do yourself a favor and, and have a consultation with an animal communicator, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a really credible one, you know, of course there's charlatans out there, but, but I, I think most people that, that you hear about that, you know, and they've got good feedback good word of mouth that are animal communicators, they're the real deal. And you can find for yourself that we live on mm-hmm. and, and no uncertain mm-hmm. terms. And Tyson's gift, I, I, you know, I tell a bunch of experiences that I've had communicating, not just with, with Tyson, but with, with other past loved ones. And I mean, it was earth shattering for me. I couldn't even believe the experiences that I had. It changed my whole world. And I think once you realize that we, you know, you can take it on faith, which a lot of people do. Oh, we live on, we go to heaven or whatever, but there's a big difference between that and experiencing it for yourself mm. you know you can read about it in my book you can read it about it in other people's books but and, and it's compelling of yeah. course but you know and it's and it's it's fascinating but there's a big difference between that and actually knowing oh yeah and, and so what i would say is if do yourself a favor and, and try it and especially if there's a specific animal that you're still grieving over that you you know that you're trying to move on move on through the pain with you know, and a communicator can really help you with that, not just with the, um, you know, the paradigm shift of knowing that we live on, but also making peace with that soul, mm-hmm. knowing that they're okay, yeah. knowing that they want you to be okay, because they do, you know. Yeah, um, I, well, I believe that we carry a piece of every animal that we bring into our lives, whether they're still with us or not, we carry a piece. And the one thing that has always helped me is just knowing that the amount of love that I had for the animal that has just passed, it would be rude of me and selfish of me not to pass that on to another animal. What I've done is when I've had an animal pass away, I don't go out and replace them because I think that's wrong. I think you need to process. I need, you need to grieve. You need to do what you need to do. But what I've done, I've just said, okay, I know you're still around. If there is an animal out there that you want me to take care of, 
help bring them to me. Mm. And the last few times, actually, I think almost all of my animals, I allowed the animal to choose me. Mm. So I would never go looking for it. And I would allow like when my um, Tic Tac passed away in 2019, we were we were devastated, but we decided to kind of give it back to her and say, okay, if there's an animal that needs us, just help us find the right one. And that's when we found Frankie and Maisie. And it was two months after she had passed. And it was it was amazing because we knew that they chose us. And that's such a beautiful thing. And, you know, anybody out there who thinks that the pain of losing an animal is too hard to bear, I just urge you to just try to shift your perspective a little bit because that love that you had for that animal, don't let it go to waste because there are so many animals out there that need you and your specific kind of love. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, it, it's like it's, it takes courage. It takes courage to open your heart up that mm-hmm. way. Um, but just picture, picture an animal shelter. Mm-hmm. Picture an animal shelter with all these these needy animals that are just sitting there waiting for someone to come and love them. I mean, I, you know, it's not not to put guilt or anything, but let that motivate you. Let it, let that yeah. you know, let that um, that desire to help them or at least get that spark back in mm-hmm. your heart. Yeah, that makes you want to give that love to another living thing. Yeah, you know, even I mean, I I just I just think it's such a beautiful gift that we can give to ourselves to be able to give that love to another living thing. Absolutely. And animals are so innocent and they we've domesticated them for so many years that it's up to us to take care mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have so much love in your heart and you're afraid to get your heart broken, well, if you share that love, your heart might start mm-hmm. to mend. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned the the shelter. I think what could be a good idea is if somebody's not feeling ready to bring another animal into their home yet, that maybe they could consider volunteering at a shelter or something like that and just spending some time with the animals. So they're not making yeah. any kind of commitment. Mm. And then maybe that will help to heal them a little bit more. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I agree with that. Or, you know, uh, for most people have friends that have animals, you know, offer up your services to, to, to watch them when they go out of town. Right. You know, you mm. know, that's that animals, you know, kenneling costs a ton of money these days. You're helping the animal and your friend. If you, if, yes. you know, I mean, it's, it's yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think volunteering at a shelter is, is, um, is a great idea. If, if you're, if you're working in that direction, because you can still, you can still give, mm-hmm. still give and, and connect and, and it's mutual, you know, you're going to benefit from it as much as they mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know our society can sometimes be really challenging for when people lose their animals, because there's some people who have never had animals, they've never experienced the loss, and they just have no comprehension of what that loss is. Mm-hmm. And they may say certain things or behave in a certain way that could potentially have, I guess, a negative impact on the person who is experiencing the loss. Yeah. And well, and and it's even, you know, I've seen, I've seen friends that, you know, they lose an animal and they're like, 
like one a, a former coworker, you know, he lost his dog and I like reached out to him. Hey, if you want to talk about it, I'm here. And, and he goes, Oh, I'm good. He was old. Hmm. Like, mm. like, what? <laughs> I would probably think that was a little bit of a defense mechanism. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I mean, when I, like when Tyson died, I took, I, I mean, it took me four days to be able to venture back and venture out into the world without, you know, I, I, I went out in those during those four days, but only for short bursts because I couldn't handle, I was mostly, I was so fragile, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, um, you know, and, and other people tell people that like, what? you know, some people mm-hmm. and for, yeah, for, I don't think people understand. They don't understand an animal lover. The loss that they feel is equivalent to them losing a human family member. I mean, it's a, it's a deep pain. You know, it's the one thing that I hope with this podcast and hopefully with your book, we can get people to understand that number one, allow people to grieve however they mm-hmm. need to grieve. It's important. It's part of the human condition and do not discount your family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, when they lose an animal that they love. Don't discount that life because that person who you claim to be friendly with or, you know, whatever, they're hurting Mm -hmm. and they need you to support them and hold space for them, not to belittle the experience. Animals are just like, like you said earlier, animals are just as powerful and just as important as our human souls. And we have to respect them. And hopefully your book, our podcast, we can get that out there and to help people understand that we need to allow people to have the space they need to do what they need to do when dealing with death, whether it's from a human, whether it's from an animal, because they are equivalent. I I think, I think in in general, at least in our society, you know, in Western society, I think in in general, people see it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, they, yeah, not, I, I've seen a shift. Yeah, I mean, it's not you know, not everybody necessarily processes things like that, but they, it's it's normal enough that they've seen it enough, enough times, and they they respect it enough to where they they allow other people to have that that grieving time. It's certainly more so than it used to mm-hmm. be. Yeah, that yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree, but there, I've still run into people. I'm like, it's just a cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you mean it's just a cat? <laughs> It's just a dog. Yeah. What do you mean it it's makes, just it a makes dog? You wanna, it makes you want to hit him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like, it, it's, it's like, you're, it's not just a matter of, when the, at least for me, when I hear things like that, it's not just a matter of, of them disregarding your grief. It's disrespecting that, that being. Mm-hmm. It's disrespecting that. Absolutely. You know, the memory yep. of that I animal. totally agree. So how dare you say something like that? You know, mm-hmm. it's it. Of course, if you react that way, then, then it just makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And there's still a lot of places oh. in this world where animals are just viewed as they're just an animal. You know, yeah. um, I think it's largely it's North America and Europe, like many places in Europe. But there's just I'm not sure if there's going to be a shift in any of these other places just because of the nature yeah just because of the nature of their environment and the cultures cultures. yeah i mean yeah well no and the way they treat animals just in general too like the way the governments treat animals i mean i go of course the government's a reflection of the people right i got like i this is this is back in 2000 so it's been a while but i I went down to chile to visit 
a friend that was down there for a couple of years and, you know, dogs run stray there. Mm -hmm. I mean, much more so than they do in the United States or Canada. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I guess in, in, in that comes a certain amount of danger because they're hungry and they can be aggressive and right. all that sort of thing. But I, there was, there were some dogs that were, I, I was walking through a town with my friend and there was a, a stray dog and this, they came up to this group of guys that were like hanging out, drinking beers out in front of this bar. And this guy like kicked the dog as it, when he approached Oh him, my gosh. You know, because like, get out of here, you know, type of thing. Mm. And Oh God, I wanted, I wanted to go in it and just beat the crap out of the guy I was so furious. And, <laughs> but you know, obviously I couldn't do that because I'd end up in prison, um, you know, in, in, yeah. in, in another country and not to mention, I probably, just not good. And I probably would have gotten beat up by all of his friends too. <laughs> Um, but that, you know, that rage that I felt was, was, um, I still remember that to this day, very, very vividly, you know, and it, and was that guy a bad guy? I doubt it. You know, he's probably just a regular Joe, but that's the societal standards right. there. And some of, yeah. and some of that is, I'm sure is, is out of necessity because some of those dogs are probably dangerous, mm -hmm. you know, but why is that? Why are they dangerous? Because they're the way they, they've treated them as a whole, mm -hmm. you know? They're, they're, they're yeah. allowed to be stray. They're allowed to be out there hungry. And, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And a lot of other countries, they don't have the same focus that we have in North America about spaying and neutering yeah. animals. Right. They don't really have the services or it's really expensive or there's not enough veterinary yeah. doctors to right. do that. So it does become an issue. And hopefully if we can open up the hearts of these people that have lost animals before and we can bring those animals out of the shelters and, and give them homes and let them know that we appreciate them. And then maybe it'll spread through the world. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a, me being a little bit no. altruistic, and, you know, I th hopeful. I, but. <laughs> I, th I think, no, I think that actually is going, is happening. It's just, a, you know, it's just one of those things that's slow. Mm. You know, yeah. it's a, I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm 48 years old and, and I know when I was a kid, I mean, people have always loved their dogs in my lifetime, you know, and cats in, in the United States, but compared to when I was a kid, you know, like the experiences that I had as a child with, with that I outlined in the book, as far as having animals taken away from me and that sort of thing, uh, that wouldn't happen today. I don't think mm, yeah. it wouldn't have been as likely to happen. And so that shows a shift even just in one generation mm -hmm. in this country. Yeah. You know, and just, you know, not that we were cruel to them, but just, you know, they're part of your family. We just didn't see them at the level that we yeah. see them now. You don't just discard an animal because they're having a pee problem, mm -hmm. you know. You, you, you know. Yeah, more and more people I think are willing to deal with some of the challenges that can come with having an animal. And um, you know, don't have as much of this expectation of Oh, well, ha have an animal, as long as I'm providing it shelter, food and water, that's all that's good enough. They're, yeah. I think they're more willing to dig a little deeper and understand a little bit more about what their animals need and provide some of that additional care. Like, you know, you see the seal wheelchairs for, for some of these animals and things like that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to some extent, I think, I don't know if it's, if the way people treat animals now, you know, the, the, the progression 
is is a conscious awakening or is it that the animals are, are causing the you know the people to awaken more or vice versa it's just a you know it's kind of a mm. kind of a circle that's being created i think it might be both plus our knowledge of animals mm-hmm. is increasing at the same time so i think it's a combination of everything mm-hmm. and i can't be more happy for the progress right. we've made <laughs> yeah i yeah, i agree with you and it's great that we can go beyond just the science part of it and get a deeper understanding in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are all the same, whether we walk on four legs or two. Yeah. Deep down, we're all the same. Absolutely. (laughs) At a soul level, we are all the same. (laughs) Well, and I, I, you know, some people say, they say that, you know, if you're a human, you don't become an animal and vice versa. You know, there's different soul groups or whatever. I personally don't necessarily think that's true. I think I think that the, the we we as humans can come back as animals and vice versa. You know. <laughs> yes, yes, I totally agree. Oh, you guys can't see me, but I'm like shaking my arms. Yes. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm totally, I completely believe that it doesn't matter because at a soul level, we are the ones making the choices. We have free will. The universe, it's a universal law. It's not just a planetary law. We have free will and we have free will at a soul level. So we can choose to be anything and have an experience that we choose. It it doesn't matter whether you want to be an insect or an animal or a human or whatever. I mean, I, yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Sorry, I I mean, yeah, I mean, your your cognition (laughs) might be limited by what species you are, Mm -hmm. you know, but that, but that doesn't mean that your soul is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean the richness with which you love and connect with other souls Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be limited by cognition. I mean, well, to some, to some extent, obviously, you know, is an insect going to connect with you? You know, probably not, (laughs) but. Well, I don't know. I've had, I've had experiences with insects that I don't know where that came from, but I was blessed to have them. I mean, it, I think it, to me at a soul level, if you take away the 3d body, whichever body we chose to be in, we take that away. The soul retains all of its memories. Just because when we incarnate into a physical body, we lose the memories of our past experience. It doesn't mean, like you said, like the soul doesn't forget. The soul knows. And then we have to, whatever form we choose, we do our own growth. We have to learn again. And then hopefully, I believe the goal is no matter what you choose to be in, your goal is to expand and grow. So the next time you reincarnate, you have less to learn. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> we're getting I, existential I here. But, <laughs> 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 but let's bring it back down to the book. So Miranda, do you have any other questions that you want to ask before we close? Yeah, the show well, today? yeah. In your bio, you mentioned that you are a Reiki practitioner as well. And I know in the book, you talk about that as being a part of the journey that you share. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how the journey sort of brought you in that direction? Well, sure. You know, when I had these experiences that, you know, that I talk about in the book specifically, I had one in particular where 
I met with an intuitive and mostly out of curiosity because I, I was expanding and I wanted to experience more. And um, I ended up connecting with a bunch of my past loved ones. And it was so powerful and specific. And it, it left, I mean, it was like literally two hours solid of accurate information. And it was, it was like I was having coffee. In fact, I call the chapter in the book Coffee with Loved Ones because because it was, it was my, my grandma, my uncle, my aunt and Tyson all, all came in this one session. And so afterwards, that took away all the doubt. I mean, sure. There's, there's times where I, I have weak moments where actually I shouldn't even say that there's moments where I'm less conscious of things that I, than, than other times, mm-hmm. but that definitely solidified things for me and, and, and made me realize that this is real, this is powerful and I want more of it. <laughs> so I, I was trying to find ways to expand and I had a friend, a former colleague who had gotten into Reiki mm-hmm. and Reiki, Reiki, if you're not aware is, is a Japanese form of energy healing and anybody can do it. It just takes a desire. And so mm-hmm. um, Janet, my friend um, suggested that I try it and because I told her I was looking for ways to expand and learn. And, and so I took, I took Reiki one and, and it, jived really well with me and I had some awesome experiences and I took Reiki too then I became a Reiki master um, and I've, I'm also an animal Reiki practitioner not that you need really need any specific training for it I did take a class on it um, it's pretty amazing too because our during the class we went to a, a husky rescue and there were like 15 huskies in this room you know how hard how wired they are mm-hmm. And within a few minutes, like 10, 15 minutes of us working, just sitting in there and spending time with these Huskies, they were all just laying around all the, you know, after, you know, like five or six, I guess there's about five or six Reiki people there that were all giving them Reiki and they were so chill within no time, you know, awesome dogs. But um, that's how I got into it. And for me, it's really helped because it's, you know, I still struggle with, with opening up my consciousness and, and letting my guard down enough to where I can really take things in. I've got, I've come a long way since all this opened up, but I definitely was much more conventional in my way of thinking prior to all this. So Reiki, the thing for me is that I can perceive the Reiki energy physically, mm. which is pretty awesome. Uh, I feel mm. it in the form of, of, of energy and, and electricity. So I can actually feel like little like beads of electricity going through my hands when, mm. I, when I'm giving it. Nice. Um, and, yeah. and so it, it's helped me to have a relationship with spirit because that, that's what that is. That, that energy is flowing from spirit and it's not, not just been a, it's been a very um, validating type of thing where it, where it constantly proves itself to mm-hmm. me, but it also has helped me to just expand my horizons and, and open up my heart because I'm helping people with it. I haven't done it professionally in the sense that I haven't charged people for it, but I've done hundreds of hours of it. And I'm actually, I was telling you before the show that we, we just moved from California to Florida and I'm kind of starting a whole new phase of my life. And, and part of that is going to be, at least my intention is, mm-hmm. you know, to start something, to start with Reiki and, and expand into other forms of healing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, what I want to do is, is, is actually start a practice. Up. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, nice. but the, I, I have to be honest, I'm very, it's for me, this is hard. I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of fear, mm-hmm. you know, of starting something like this. And, but Hey, it like I was saying earlier, when you're motivated by love and trying to help people and mm-hmm. you know, as a way, as yeah. a way of taking care of itself. So 
Well, it's quite a bit of a difference from being a police officer. Well, you know, in some in some ways, yes, in some ways, no. I mean, when you're when you're your your motivation is to help people and to and to just and to do do good by society. Yeah, that's right. um, there there is a lot of overlap there, but but it's yeah, it definitely is using different parts of your brain, and it's also mm-hmm. you know when you're a cop, you're you're a government employee, you're, you have a you get a salary and you get a pension, and mm-hmm. everything's kind of taken care of. You show up for work when you're supposed to, and you go home when you're supposed to, and that's that. You know, when you have a, yeah. a practice like something like this, it's, it's, you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's yeah, scary. I mean, it's scary. something that I, I was naturally prone to that when I was younger, but I, in my adult life, I kind of went away from it. I had, when I was in college, high school and college, I had a lawn business mm. you know, and I had like 35 houses mm. I cut lawns for. And, and, you know, I loved being, being self-employed. It was great, but getting it started is, is scary. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a whole different ball of wax. It's scary because it's not consistent unless yeah. you make it consistent. And that's the, that's the tough part. So you're a, you're yeah. a master now, right? You've yeah, all three levels. And, I, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm taking courses at, um, you're probably familiar with it. I would guess Delphi, Delphi university yes, in, yes. in Northern Georgia. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they have a whole tract of, of courses for, for, um, spiritual healing oh, and, nice. I didn't and, know that. and that sort of thing. So I'm, you know, I'm actively expanding on, on those things. And, you know, I'm of course, meditation, you know, all these things can be true. The main thing is to, is to connect with spirit with regularity. Mm-hmm. Best way to do that is meditation. But I think when you connect with like-minded people that are having similar experiences, it's, it's not only is it, is it validating, but it's, you know, it's very, you learn a lot mm-hmm. from other people and, you know, it's a, Really cool stuff. I tell you, you if you told me four years ago, I'd be doing this. I never would have, I would have been like, no way. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) know, I I never, I wasn't somebody that ever intended to write a book or anything like that. It's just sort of, you know, I've been kind of steered in this direction and it's great. (laughs) Very thankful for it. Yeah. So I'm going to ask one more question and end it with kind of on a fun note. Mm -hmm. And then if there's anything that you feel like you would like to add that you think we have not talked about and you want our audience to know, then you can add that in afterwards. Sure. You and your wife developed a number of different interesting nicknames for Tyson (laughs) that you talked about. (laughs) And you mentioned the one, the asshole of love. Yeah. And my impression is it seems like it came from his very colorful personality. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So have all of your animals ended up acquiring nicknames or was that kind of special for Tyson? Oh, he definitely had, I would say he had more (laughs) than than most of our, our animals have had, but yeah uh, but but yeah we we do tend to, to give different you know we we have, we have our little loving nicknames that, that that we give to our animals it's you know but yeah he i mean he he was he would it, and we you know it's say like tyson oh he he has a black heart you know <laughs> things, things, yeah things, things things like that you know the bobo that was that was his that was a, a and his nickname, I call them that just as much as we call them Tyson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it, it definitely, it all, you know, it all comes from 
from that love and endearment. It's just, and it, usually it's very organic. It's not, you know, you don't sit around and contemplate them. They just yeah, come out. Right. Day, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a rite of passage for those of us who bring animals into our lives to have a plethora of how you like that word. I used a big word, uh, a plethora <laughs> of nicknames for our animals. I think I've, I've had some cats that I've had like 25 different names and they just come out. They just like, I don't yeah. sit there and think about it. Just it comes out. So then they stick. <laughs> well, I, I, the, the other thing that I do and my, my daughter the other day, she was, it's like, um, <laughs> it's okay. So our, our, we have a, we have a, a Chihuahua uh, mini pincher mix. Now Tyson was a dachshund Chihuahua mix. Okay. Um, and, and let's just say that this, this dog pepper, she keeps Tyson's, spirit alive every day okay. <laughs> um uh, but but i will say like I'll, it won't just be nicknames it'll be like i'll be i'll be talking to them even when they're not with me mm-hmm. like, like i'll oh pepper you know <laughs> and, and, and 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 i we were we were walking up we were, i took my daughter to the movies last week and i'm walking up to open the door and i said oh pepper as we were walking up and my, my daughter goes dad why do you say that when pepper's not even here <laughs> And, 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 and I, and, you know, and I'm just like, cause I love her and I miss her and I wish she was here with me right now. And, you know, and shut up. I know, my, I'll say whatever I feel like I want to say. My husband does that too. I'm like, you know, the cat's in here. I don't know. I just wanted to say her name. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah. And that's the thing when I do it, I just, I realize it's weird, but it feels good. So I do it. You know? <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, and Pepper, and just to, I'll give you a little hint. I'm not going to give it away completely, but it's, you know, the, it's Pepper, um, Pepper's one of her nicknames is Pepper T. Ah. I'll let you figure out why that might be. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so is there anything you would like to add before we end the show today? Um, just, you know, in anybody out there that's that's grieving, you know, I feel your pain, but just take heart knowing that, you know, that your your beloved animal, pet, human, who whatever it might be, they're with you still. Mm-hmm. They they live on. You still have a connection to them. They still guide you. They still they look watch over you. Literally, I'm not I'm not saying this as like being you know blowing roses up your butt. I mean this is this is for real. And what, what I would say is, you know, just have faith in that and, and revel, revel in that joy and that love that you feel for them. I, I guess also, if, if, if they're interested in my book, the, the website is tysonsgift.com. That's T-Y-S-O-N-S-G-I-F-T.com. And on there, you can, you can connect with me if you want. You can, you can send me an email. Um, and you can also, there's a link to, to buy the book. On the website, it takes you to Amazon. Um, it's a, that's, if you want to sell books, that's, the, that's what yeah. you have to do these days. But it's also available on barnesandnoble.com mm-hmm. if you wanted to get it there. And um, you could also get it through me if you really wanted to. You know, if you wanted to have a signed copy or that sort of thing, you can send me a message and I'll figure out a way to get you one. I hope you'll, you'll check it out and um, I hope you're entertained by it and comforted by it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I really appreciate you having me on your show. I've enjoyed it. Oh, we've had a It was blast. awesome to have you. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a fascinating conversation. Uh, We're we're trying to bring a little bit more spirituality into the show periodically. And this is like the perfect way to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad I could be a part of it. It's, um, 
Yeah, it brings a lot of peace, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely. And thank you so much for for bringing Tyson's story to the world Mm -hmm. and letting people know that, look, that there's more here. Investigate, learn, open your heart, open your mind. And just there's going to be so much beauty that can come from any anything, any situation, any experience, any pain. You can find beauty in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can find more about Brandon and Tyson's gift and follow on Facebook and Instagram as well. And we'll put the links in the show notes as well. Yeah. And I think uh, we need to let this story come out. So I've been updating our uh, podcast website. So the animalfilespodcast.com. And I'm thinking that we need to put a link to your website and the book in our resources page. So people have mm, another avenue to get definitely. to it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. You're very uh, welcome. Great. And anytime you want to have me back on, just, just, just shout out. I'm happy to, I'd love to, to do it. Uh, great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. And thank you listeners for sticking with us and hanging out and listening to this incredible story. We look forward to bringing you more incredible stories throughout the year. So keep checking back with us and we will see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.